Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about digital marketing. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Brandon Leibowitz. Brandon got his start in digital marketing in 2007 after graduating from college with a degree in business marketing. Now he owns and operates his own digital marketing company called SEO Optimizers, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Welcome, Brandon. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thanks so much for having me on today. I am excited to learn from you today. The skill set that you bring to the table, Brandon, is so important because someone can come up with an amazing product or um, some service or a message, but it doesn't do anybody any good until it is shared. And that is where you come into play. And so I'm excited to learn about digital marketing. And digital marketing has many different facets, right? So we're going to talk about SEO and about um, social media and about maybe uh, Google ads and even uh, email marketing. Yep, there's a lot with SEO or digital marketing. It's not just bringing you traffic one way. It's trying to just get traffic as many ways as possible. That's targeted traffic. So the more ways, the better. And the more ways you can get traffic to your website, the better off you're going to be. So. Definitely diversify and get traffic any way possible, even doing traditional marketing and word of mouth and referrals. But of course, they're always going to be the best. But even like doing TV and radio and stuff like that, any way to get traffic to your website. Because if not, people might not find it and it's going to be tough. So you got to kind of initiate it and give it that little boost and give it that nudge to get things started. Exactly. Where do you want to start? Should we start with SEO and kind of explaining what that is and what some things we need to do to get that to work? Yeah, with SEO, that is search engine optimization, which is getting you ranked on Google. So when you search on, or any search engine, but primarily Google, when you search on Google, there's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads, but right below that is organic, the free listings, and SEO is trying to get you in those free listings. So you're not paying every time someone clicks on your ad, which is the way the ads work. So anytime someone clicks on an ad, you're paying Google, might be... 10 cents a click, it could be 50 cents a click, it could be $1 a click, it could be $5 a click, or $50 per click, or $100 per click. So Google makes a lot of money off the ads. That's why the SEO is nice, because it's free traffic, where you're not paying per click. That is wonderful, because if you're paying all that money per click, and you want a lot of people coming, that's a lot of dollars very, very quickly. And so let's help us learn what do we need to do so that we can rank and show up. Because like you say, when when we do a Google search and it'll come up with this little number across the top, like, oh, I found 2,573,000 options. It's like, whoa. So to be able to show up at all um, uh, takes some skills. So what do we do? You got to differentiate yourself and you got to build up trust because there's so many websites out there that Google doesn't really trust anyone. So you could put keywords all over your website, but Google's not really going to trust you without what are called backlinks. They want to see other websites talking about you. The more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google's going to get to you. And then they look at the keywords on your website to figure out which might be work. But it doesn't work the other way around. You can build a website, make it perfectly optimized, put keywords all over it, do all the things that Google wants to see, but... Without backlinks, Google's just not going to trust you. So if you're reading an article on the LA Times and it says Brandon Leibowitz and you click on it and it goes to my website, then I'd be getting a backlink from the LA Times. So the more websites that mention me, the 
more trust Google is going to give to you. And then they're going to look at the keywords on your website. That's interesting. I've never thought of it as trust that someone, that Google or the whatever computer program they're using trusts you. So how do you get backlinks? How do you get people to recommend you? That is the tricky part. There's different tools that will show me your backlinks or anyone's backlinks. So I could just search and see who's on that first page of Google and throw them into these different tools and look at all their backlinks. Because if they're on that first page of Google for my keywords or any keywords that I want to target, it's more than likely because of the backlinks. So it, they're all paid tools. You have to pay for them. But some of the more popular ones are called Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S, or Moz, or SEM Rush are some of the more popular ones where I would just pick one of them, buy one of those tools, and throw your competitors into there and look at all the backlinks. And then one by one, you can see who's linking out, linking to your competitors. And if they're linking out to your competitors, these websites, they probably would link out to you if you just figure out how your competition got out on those websites. Did they do a blog post or an article or press release or sponsor an event or what do they do is a local directory that they're in or there's a lot of different ways to get those backlinks. So in the past it was just let's get all the backlinks. Now it's let's get the quality backlinks because Google's changed a lot how they look at backlinks. And in the past is if I have a hundred backlinks and you had 200, you would rank higher than me. Now it's all about quality. So whoever has the better quality backlinks and quality backlinks to Google means a website that's related to you. So not just getting on any random website, but getting on a website that's related to you, that's really the main thing that Google's looking at. Wow. And that is hard to fake. Like you can buy different things, but you can't buy this one, right? I mean, you have to actually have somebody who gives you a backlink, who reaches out and says, oh, this article over here is really good. Yeah, for the most part, I mean, there's always ways to fake it. That's why Google's updates for algorithm all the time is primarily because of these backlinks. So what people will do and still do is they create their own websites. So they go create 20 websites and then link to themselves with those 20 websites. And essentially they're getting 20 backlinks, but it's all from their own websites. And it's called a private blog network. And Google catches on to things like this. It might take them some time, but eventually they catch it. And instead of ranking higher, you just drop down in rankings and Worst case scenario is you get kicked off Google permanently and lose all your rankings. So got to be careful with what you do because if you do the wrong things, instead of ranking higher, it's going to have the opposite effect. Wow. That's kind of a scary gamble then. Okay. So SEO, at search engine optimization, is about keywords and backlinks. This is where things really seem to matter. And then you said that there is a, 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 some paid services where we can find out what the backlinks are. And then from there, I guess you do some research to find out how did you get on there? Or, or what, do you, what do you do after you find out, you know, so-and-so has this backlink? Yeah, um, what you said, just like reach out to that site. If you say they were published on like Cosmopolitan, and then you can reach out to that website or who wrote that article. Or if they're published on like New York Times or LA Times or any of these websites, there's usually or authors that you can reach out to them and see how they or why they included your competitor, but not you. And give them that little nudge and be like, hey, I see you mentioned my competitor. I also offer similar product or service. Can you include me? I mean, you got to give them some reason why they should include you. Be like, hey, this article is from five years old. I saw that this 
piece is outdated. I just want to give you some news and update you on it. And by the way, can you add me or just kind of get creative with it? Because yeah, they, they're getting pitched this all the time nowadays. So got to stand out. It's a great I dream, imagine so. so. Okay. Wow. That's really cool. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go to email marketing. How is that still effective or does most of it just go to spam and trash? I mean, how do you not get sent to spam and trash? You can see how much spam you get every single day. So spam or email still does work. It's just getting into the inbox is tricky. That's where you can't just buy a list of emails. You got to have people sign up, subscribe somehow. You got to give them something to in exchange for the email address. You can't just have a pop-up on your website saying, join my newsletter. Nobody cares about your newsletter. But if you offer them something saying, here's a free ebook, and then they get that ebook, and then they're subscribed to your newsletter, as long as you offer them good content in that email or in the follow-up emails, we'll say stay subscribed and start promoting yourself, probably going to lose that person. So you got to just offer value, offer something that is value. If you're just promoting yourself in all these email addresses, emails that you send out, it's just going to be an advertisement. People don't care about that. So like if you're a dentist, you could send out an email about why you're the best dentist, but nobody's going to read that. But if you send out an email about seven tips to widen your teeth and in there you mention all these different tips and then say oh don't forget visit your dentist every year for your checkup or we can help out with teeth whitening or something like that so more subtle giving value that's going to be the best so gotta just take a step back and put yourself in the user's point of view if you were getting your emails would you stay subscribed or are they just promotional if they're just promotional you got to change it up i like that i like that you're putting yourself in the shoes of the person receiving the email, is this junk to me or would it be of value to me? Would I look forward to getting an email from this person because it's giving me something that I, I, I'm excited to read or is it just garbage? And that just seems so obvious, but it isn't. It's just like blogging on your own website. A lot of people just think the blog is to promote themselves, but the blog is the same thing as like the dentist example. If you write a blog post saying why you're the best dentist, how many people are going to read that blog post? But if you have a blog post about how to whiten your teeth in seven steps, people are going to want to read that blog post. So keep it informational and never promotional. I mean, subtly you can promote yourself at the end, but you got to give value. You got to give information out. You can't just ask people for their email address or ask people to sign up to use your services without building up that trust and showing that you actually know what you're talking about. And that's where giving that value helps. Wow. That is really cool. Okay. So we talked a little about SEO. We talked a little bit about email marketing and you know, if everybody followed what you just said, it, it would reduce that spam folder by like 95%. If, if there was actual value coming in, why that would be, that would be really nice. Okay. How about, um, social, social media marketing? I and mean, there's lots of Facebook and all the things, I guess. I mean, is, is there advertising on all of them? For the most part, pretty much, yeah. I think almost all of them let you have advertisements. They all want to make money. I think, yeah, nowadays they all are happy to take the money. <laughs> okay. Is there some tips as to, that make something that someone wants to read? Or is there a certain day or time that makes a difference? Is What, what works and what doesn't? I would just say... Don't be everywhere. Just be where your audience is. A lot of people think the social I need to be on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Pinterest, on YouTube, on 
LinkedIn, on TikTok, all these other sites that are out there, which you might want to claim your username on all these sites, but being active isn't really necessary. You need to be where your audience is at. So kind of take a step back too, like put yourself in your user's point of view. If you were looking for your product or service, where would you go? Are you going to go on Google? Are you going to go on Facebook? Are you going to go on Twitter? Are you going to go on Yelp? I mean, every business is going to be slightly different. So you just got to think like, if you're a dentist, probably not going to get many people looking for you on Facebook or Instagram. Might get some people, but most people are probably going to go on Google, find you there, and then check you out on social media to check out your views and see if you're still in business, if you have any status updates and things like that. But in general, social is more to build trust, but it does work for some things like if you're selling products or have something that goes viral or something unique that people don't really search for. Of course, like you're a musician, it's going to be tough. Like people don't really search for music on Google. So try to reach out on social works really well, but yeah, it just really comes back to who your audience is and where would they be going for your content. That just, again, seems obvious. And then I would imagine it would be the same thing as we talked about on the email marketing, where if you're going to put something on, on Facebook or on whatever, let's have it be something of value rather than just an ad. Because I know I, I'm not really a good social media person, but when I do check on and, and there's ads, it, it's like a fly. You just want to swat it away. You don't want to click on it. Yeah, they're annoying. So social yeah gotta keep it all giving a value the more you give out the better it's going to be and then i like to automate a lot too so anytime i post on like my own blog i'll have it go automatically share to my facebook and twitter and linkedin and all these other sites by using different tools like zapier z-a-p-i-e-r is a great tool it's free and it'll automate a lot of your life and saves probably hours of work for me every single day just by auto posting stuff. So anytime you can even do it with social media. So you can pick a lot of people use Instagram as like their primary social platform and you can make it. So anytime you post on Instagram, it'll automatically go to Facebook, to Twitter, to LinkedIn, to Pinterest, to YouTube, to your website, to Reddit, to anywhere pretty much that you can post it on using Zapier and other tools like that to help automate things and also schedule things out using like Hootsuite or something to schedule all your posts on Instagram or whatever platform you're on. So I like to schedule everything out that entire month for Instagram. And then I don't have to really worry about the rest of social media channels because I post on Instagram. It's going to automatically post all my other social media sites. And all I have to do is log in, check out the comments or messages, or if there's anything topical I need to post. But other than that, you could just kind of set it and forget it. So anything to help save time. The social is going to be great. So Zapier is a great free tool. Hootsuite, you have to pay for, but it's worth Hootsuite or Buffer or there's a bunch of scheduled tools out there, but Zapier saves so much time. So do you put your post on Zapier or does you put it on Instagram? If you put it on Zapier, does it send to Instagram and all of the things or how do you tell me some more? This sounds fantastic. Yeah, I know you set up all these rules on Zapier. So essentially you're saying, Zapier creates all these things saying, if I post on Instagram, post, if I post a video on Instagram, post that video on YouTube. So it'll do all these things like that. It does a lot of other things. It automates a lot of stuff in your life. It is probably one of the best websites out there that offers a free service. It's a little complicated setting it all up, but they have support that will walk you through it. Even if you have a free account, I have a paid account. There's 
after you do a lot of tasks, they're like, all right, we're going to give you a thousand tasks for free, I think, a month or a hundred tasks. But after that, you have to pay like $10. But you want the free package, they'll offer support, walk you through setting it all up because it gets a little complicated. But once it's set up, you can just set it and forget it. And then it'll automate a lot from your life and save a lot of time. That is amazing. Understanding and knowing what the tools are and how to use it when you talk about you know, set it and forget it, that could make all the difference in the world. I remember reading a, an article from someone who was doing a, I think it was a blog, and she said, okay, so this is how you're successful. I spend all of my time here, and all the people in my life, I ignore them. And, and I thought, oh, that is a very terrible plan. I don't want to do what you're doing. So I like the set it and forget it, and, and let's spend time elsewhere. Fantastic. Let's see. Uh, how about Google Ads? Are, are they worth it, or or is that something that's I don't know? You don't need. No, no. Ads work definitely. I mean, you have to pay per click. So anytime someone clicks on your ads, you're paying. But they do work. It just comes down to how much is the click. Each industry, every click or every keyword search is going to be a different cost. So some clicks might be a couple cents. Some clicks could be a couple dollars or fifty or a hundred dollars. So. It just adds up and depends on your return on your investment. How much do you make off a sale, off a lead or whatever you're promoting versus what is the cost? So Google ads work really well compared to like Facebook ads where Facebook ads are cheaper for a reason because you're kind of interrupting people based off interest. doesn't necessarily mean they want to use your product or service at this moment. They might have in the past or in the future, but doesn't necessarily mean they care right now. But with Google... Someone's searching, they're showing intent, they're actively looking. So it's a little bit different with Google. So those ads work pretty well. They're a little bit more expensive, but you get quality out of it. That's really what matters. Wow. Okay, so what's going to make the difference between if it's $0.10 cents or $10 for click? Uh, more people that are advertising. So for selling, let's like, say, like tennis shoes, you could say to Google, I'll spend a dollar per click. I'll say I'll spend a dollar and one cent per click. You'll spend a dollar and two cents. I'll spend a dollar and three cents. And we keep bidding it up. And over the 20 something years that Google's been around, it's been bid up really high. So keywords like that get bid up pretty high. Stuff where it's not as competitive, less com less comp less competition out there, the less expensive the keywords would be. The more competitive the keywords are, the more expensive it becomes because there's more people willing to spend money on it. Like car insurance is going to be like a hundred dollars per click mm. because if you sign up for car insurance, you're probably going to be with that company for a while, hopefully. And you're probably recommend your friends and family. Hopefully they're doing a good job. So they know the lifetime value of a customer is worth spending a hundred dollars per click, even though they know probably one or maybe three out of a hundred might become a client or might become a lead. So they're willing to spend a lot of money just to get those leads because they know the value of the lifetime of that customer. So I was just trying to figure out what's the profit margin, what's my return on my investment, and how can I make sure I just break even or make a positive return on my investment. So behind the scenes, when I'm typing into Google and doing my search word, it's saying, okay, so with all those people who want this search word and have been paying for their ads, um, they bid out and then the highest bidder is going to be ranked on top. And then the next bidder, is that how I get my, my ads? And then down is the, the organic ones. Yep, for the most part, there's some other variables that go into it, but that's how they do it. They have quality score and all these other things that they look at, landing page and 
the click-through rate of your keywords, making sure the keywords are in the ads and all those other technical things, but primarily because it's having the money. The more you're willing to spend, the higher up Google's going to rank you. But if you have a really bad website, they're going to be like, maybe we shouldn't rank you because they also want to make sure that you get sales. Because if you're not getting sales, you're going to stop spending money on Google ads. So they don't want to just rank you like if you're selling like tennis shoes and then I'm trying to rank for keywords like automotive body shop or something. Google's be like, no, 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 this doesn't make sense. Like, why are you bidding on this keyword? Even if I'm willing to spend $100 per click, Google's not going to rank me for that because it just doesn't make sense. So it comes down to some relevancy with that as well. Oh, that seems logical. So what about keywords? Is there a place you can look up to find what keywords people are looking at? There's a ton of different tools out there. The Google Keyword Planner is a free tool from Google that will show you how many people search for a keyword every single month. So um, I would start with the Google Keyword Planner. There's other paid tools out there, but they're all pretty much pulling data from the Google Keyword Planner and just making it look nicer in graphs and stuff. So Keyword Planner from Google it's good enough, and you throw one keyword in there, and it's going to show you hundreds of variations of that keyword. And I'll show you how many people search for that keyword every single month. So really, you don't even need to make a list of keywords. You can just put one in there, and Google will do the work for you. But it is good to make a big list of keywords and try to write down as many keywords as possible and throw it into that tool because the more keywords you're going to put in there, the more variations, more synonyms, plurals, and interesting slang terms that you might not have thought of will start emerging. So if you write in one keyword, Google does the all the variations for you? Is that what you're suggesting? Mm-hmm. Google is like, hey, if you want to spend money on this one keyword, here's a thousand other keywords like it that you can spend money on because the tool is really for ads. So Google's like, oh, if you want to bid on the word tennis shoes, here's a thousand other ways to bid on the word tennis shoes. Like shoes for tennis, shoes to play tennis, tennis shoes, tennis footwear, all these variations and stuff like that. Wow. Boy, there's so much going on that I don't think about when I'm just searching for something and thinking of the behind the scenes and this bidding war going on. I think I'm going to pay more attention now to those ads up top and see, and I'll just be thinking, wow, they've invested a lot of money hoping that I'm going to click. And uh, they pay whether or not I click, right? They pay to be shown. Well, only if you click. So if you don't click, they're not paid. So you can just see them and they're just kind of getting like a free ad- advertising. But oh, you're, really? not, you're probably going to forget about them. You're not going to really remember that company. Fascinating. Okay. But there's other ads that work pretty well with Google, like YouTube. Google owns YouTube. So you do video ads on YouTube. You can do banner ads. You do Gmail ads. But YouTube is pretty good because they give you 30 seconds free. So if you watch a video ad on YouTube and skip it after 29 seconds, you don't pay a penny. After 30 seconds, then you only pay a couple cents per view. So that's a lot cheaper because it all comes out of the bidding. Less people are making videos, less people are bidding on those video keywords because people don't make as many videos. It's a lot easier just to throw a keyword up there and say, I'll pay per click for this keyword. But making a video requires a lot more work. We have to film yourself and it's a big buried entry, but it works a lot better. And you get 30 seconds free, which is really nice. Really? Because a lot of times when I'm watching a video, it'll say, you know, a video will resume after ads and they're only like six seconds or 15 seconds or something long. So are those free to the people who are putting the ads out? No, so there's a bunch of different ads they run. So sometimes if they have a shorter video, 
then no matter what, if it's a six second video, then you're paying. If somebody watches six seconds, because that's your whole video, so they count them as a view. But there's also other types of views that the video ads that they do. But the best one really is the one where it's the free 30 seconds. So there's a ton of different video ads, a ton of different ads that you can run on YouTube. Some are shorter, like you're saying, but the video one where it's the beginning of the video, it says skip this ad after five seconds. Those ads could be two hours long. And it doesn't matter if it's, if you watch three minutes or three hours of that video ad, you pay the same amount per view. So those ads are pretty nice at Google or YouTube will let you do that. And they're, are, those, are they reasonable or are they pretty spendy? Oh, only like five or 10 cents per view. And you can set a daily budget of $1, $5 a day. And it's going to work a lot better than doing a normal, just a keyword based ad. Fascinating. Wow. There's so much to this. I'm so glad that you know what you're doing because people need someone who knows what they're doing. So is there anything else you want to make sure that we cover before we close today? That covers the majority of it. I would say do everything. Don't just do one thing. Do as much as you can to try to get traffic and it all works together. So don't just try to do SEO by itself or do email by itself. They're all going to work. Email is probably going to be the best, the best, most effective, but getting email addresses is pretty tough. So I just figure out that incentive, some way to get those emails, but email really is going to be the best. If you collect those emails, those are yours forever versus social media, just renting off space off these social media sites. So it's not really yours, that website, the ads, you have to pay for them. SEO, it works. It just takes some time, but the email, that's always yours. Really? And then do you use something like um, MailChimp or something to, to send a thing out? or? Yeah, like Aweber or Constant Contact or MailChimp or tons of other ones out there, but those are kind of the three bigger ones where you just pick one and just stick with it. It doesn't really matter which one you use, but as long as you have something to help you out, that way it gets inboxed and not in the spam, and they help make sure everything is done properly. That's really cool. Well, thank you so much for visiting with me today, Brandon. This has been very enlightening. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Tom Fishburne. He said, the best marketing doesn't feel like marketing. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self-esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed, A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller, You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.